from internationals for the internationals. This is International Hangout. What's up, people of COFI? This is episode three of International Hangout. I'm Shushanik. I'm Suthi Dissalwa. Today in our studio, we have one of my favorite musicians on campus. And uh, you might have already guessed who it is. Uh, it's, it's Mike. So, Mike, how are you doing? I am good. I am good. A little bit hungry. Mm-hmm. A little bit hungry, yeah. Like after class, I just called you for, for an episode. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, uh, we just wanted to, you know, kind of explore through uh, your musical journey and yeah, a lot of other interesting stuff you have done and maybe a little bit of a, about like uh, Chinese culture and all, all that stuff. So yeah, since uh, one of my priorities to talk more about music, why don't we get started with uh, talking about music? The one of the burning questions I had was like, you know, I see you are very talented in music, and like for someone to be this talented, like it must be like you know they have started it's from such a young age or like because it's impossible for someone to be this talented and like yeah just. Just you doing it very well, and how? When did you start, like actually, uh, with music and all that stuff? What age? Okay, uh, I started piano since uh, around six year old, mm-hmm. and I went into a choir around ten year old, and I was doing some vocal performance like uh, in a music school mm-hmm. since around sixteen year old. But before that, I also did some composing. So I did all all sorts of different stuff, um, different period of life. And now I am looking to develop myself and more into the composing area. Mm, Okay. So do you do some music production? Like, have you tried? uh, So you said you compose as well? Yes, I did. I did do um, a lot of like music production and some, some sort of creative composing thing I wrote some music that's like really interesting and, and non kind of traditional sound but now uh, I got a new professor who is really nice because he has a lot of uh, very firm knowledge about the traditional like music practice mm-hmm. so we were doing some basics uh, or some sort of preparations for composing uh, we're just which are just a lot of practices and uh basic chord progression and harmony Mm -hmm. uh, practices. And I think his system is very different from what I learned before. So now I'm kind of more into these basics. Oh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Like, I mean, I find music to be very amusing, like, because I know, like, how to play a couple of instruments, but uh, not that deep. I haven't, like... um, I haven't practiced uh, in a long time. I used to play violin, uh, but it just uh, back in my high school and stuff when I got the chance. But it's, uh, my knowledge is pretty, uh, you know, uh, on the surface. So, yeah. But um, I wanted to ask, uh, 
what what okay let's get mm-hmm. started with uh, what's your favorite instrument and what other instruments you play okay okay hey violin is not easy violin is a hard instrument it's it's very hard <laughs> you're not just on surface <laughs> if you if you can play violin that's because violin requires your ears to really like be careful to the intonation mm-hmm. it's so hard um uh, i also um, Oh, sorry to interrupt, Mike. I just want to say, like, mm-hmm. I mean, Mike might be using a lot of, uh, for the listeners, Mike might be using a lot of, like, uh, terminologies and stuff related to music. So I would want uh, you to, like, kind of explain some terminology for the for, for our audience, you know. So they would, okay. in, the, in the simplest language possible, if I, if I j- just dropped in and asked you what's the meaning, yeah, do you think you could explain it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, so you said uh, what instruments? Again? I I I okay. What I was saying, mm. yeah. You said you were playing violin. I mean, it's not it's not <laughs> easy, and you you are just you're not just on the surface because violins are hard to play, and uh, it requires uh, the careful control of intonation, which is like the very tiny tiny difference in pitch, mm-hmm. and how chords like harmonize each other, and that tiny difference in pitch will change the color of the chord like even the same chord it, like if you play in different uh, how to say it intonation it's, it's a little bit different and that's that's like if you're playing a piano well tuned or really badly tuned it's similar to that so I do like strings instruments a lot I do love mm-hmm. them and I, I will say one of my favorite is the is a cello? I, I cello. love it. Yeah, okay. I, I love to hear that thing. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. And for myself, I, I to play. I mean, for for me, of course, is the piano thing. Piano, it's it's just always my friend, and I've always with it. Um, it's just it's a great tool, and. Uh, has always been supporting me. <laughs> hmm. What's your... I was just curious. What's your favorite music genre? You had to... I don't know. Music genre? Yeah, like what you listen to. Like when you just, okay. you know, chilling, I would say. I I listen to quite a various kind of a big range of music genres. I listen to all th- all kinds. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I am actually expanding my horizon recently a lot. But I used to love classical the most. I was always listening to all kind of classical music. And all the... Especially, I, I there was a period I loved uh, Bach kind of religious music so much. It's really interesting. I love Bach's cantatas and oratorios. And uh, for, for for things I love, like my favorite stuff, I, I will go online and check the background and, and uh, context and the lyrics. Uh, but for a lot of them, it's just like really calm and nice to just listen to them. Uh, yeah. And... Then, like in recent years, I've been checking out a lot of different genres, especially on jazz. I'm 
Jazz? Loving, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm loving jazz in recent years, and I am slowly digging into this this really magical thing. And I think jazz has a lot of uh, similarity to kind of like Baroque music, like Bach thing. That's what I think. <laughs> mm. Okay. Um, do you have any recommendations, like uh, like artists you wanna you want us to try? Like you think that's you know impressive and stuff. For music artists, um, for which genre? Oh, uh, anything. To me. I mean, <laughs> okay. Since you talked about uh, classical music and. Yeah. Uh, uh what's that jazz mm-hmm. uh, do you have any recommendations i think uh okay it's interesting for different kind of subgenres because in you know in classical world you got a ton of different things and in in jazz you also got different kind of jazz so these are all really broad genres and in each subgenre i like different artists and i love their uh interpretation in that specific genre and uh, what i want to talk for Baroque, I will like. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, that's a little bit too deep. Baroque, Baroque music. It's it's. I, I like some of the authentic, authentic. Uh, yeah, school of interpretation. And one of my favorite person is the Don Koopman. He's yeah. a he's we a would, Dutch uh, people. He's a he's a yeah. Uh huh. He's a he's a Dutch people. A Dutch person. A Dutch conductor, and he plays the organ as well. So Tan Koopman. And for pianists, I I heard a really, really nice uh, Beethoven like sonatas mm-hmm. uh, by uh yeah, this person's last name is Sai. Sai S A I think S A Y. By the way, Mike, we're yeah. gonna put uh all the like the names and stuff you are gonna say. I mean, you could send me those, like that is. Yeah. We would put the links at the uh, show notes and stuff. So yeah, of course, of yeah. course, yeah. It's funny, and for jazz, it's funny because I like a lot of different people. And to be honest, my favorite artists are actually my some of my schoolmates back in UWC hmm. in my high school. Interesting. Yeah, we we met together, uh, and one of the there were two persons I really love, and actually. There was one person called Boris, who's my uh, schoolmate, and he was like leading a, a big band, a big jazz, jazz big band, in UWC High School, and I was really impressed by it. And he was actually one of the person who got me into jazz and got me interest into jazz, the world of jazz. And then later on, um, I also collaborated with him a little bit, mm-hmm. and then. You know, I was still classical, and then, but I went into that rehearsal room, and then the whole jazz sound just roared into my head. I was like, "Oh goodness, this is so cool!" And it's really the free spirit, and it makes my like mm-hmm. emotion really rise. And then the swing, and I just loved it. And then. Mm-hmm. It's funny. The next person, he he was a rocky guy. He 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 started like a metal rock band in UWC, and you know I was also yeah. I was also a, I was I was a classical guy. Uh-huh. So I I I went there. I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I'm going to check out what's happening there. And you know, there might be some arrogant. <laughs> with <laughs> classical people they're like this music might not be super good and but I went there and went to the rehearsal room and like we were just like really messing around or jamming around we are just having fun 
together. Mm-hmm. And then he came up with、uh, an idea, and then we just started jamming together. And then that energy, that like distortion of guitar and the heavy、uh, drumming, like really boosted me. And like I couldn't go to sleep after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so memorable. And then it's interesting. He he kind of brought me into more like rocky world and、I、started to check things in rocky、okay. world more. And it's it's also. Built into my composing style and the music, it's about blending. Like all music genres,、mm-hmm. are blending together, and especially nowadays. And then,、uh, I think that's the biggest magic of music. It tries to blend like blend, different things、yeah. from different cultures, and that's what I think. Yeah.、Hmm. Okay. I mean, for me, if I had to talk about cl-、uh, classical music, for me it would be.、Uh, I know David Garrett.、Uh, he's a German.、Uh, Violinist and a and a musician.、Uh, I just looked him up actually because I I wasn't sure was he German or not.、Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like his、uh, violin plays a lot.、Uh, I w- used to like uh, like uh, listen to his、uh, violin plays on YouTube, and I, I think just yeah, it just calms me down. And like sometimes I get into the mood、uh, when I when I study. What I listen to is like mostly violin plays or like、mm-hmm. piano plays, and、uh, it calms me down and like. Helps a lot. Yeah.、Um. So,、uh, Mike, I was thinking,、um, since、um, I mean, you, I'm pretty sure you had、uh, participated in a lot of like、uh, events and stuff. But out of all those,、mm-hmm. what's your like most special like event? Okay, so I have joined a lot of events, but one of my most memorable events was、um, last year. I got、uh, my one of my flute and piano piece performed on the campus, and、mm-hmm. that was such a special experience、um, because I wrote this piece like really experimental. I wanted to explore some really deep thoughts of myself and the struggleness, the The pain and、uh, what I felt、uh, on this campus, and the kind of cultural—I I won't say—you、uh, can say shock, but it's the cultural shock is not like really typical. It's it's more like the change of environment, and also the cultural shock to myself because. Uh, I'm a blind person, and if you don't know,、uh, but I'm not born blind. I was born low vision, but in recent years, just gone fully blind. And then I came here, which is this campus is my first campus I explore as a blind person, and、mm-hmm. uh, and and also it's very challenging because this is a a place like very rural, and while comparing with where I come from, which is Beijing,、uh, it's it's very rural.、Um, So what happens is that、uh, I, I really struggle a lot with my life,、mm-hmm. and because I didn't know how to use the apps, like everything was so expensive, and I didn't know which what how to get food when the calf is not running,、mm-hmm. and just like little things like those really stressed me out a lot.、Um, I was trying to put this into my composition, and also. There are some propagation thing which is like、uh, some somewhere is dangerous and and I 
I was kind of feeling a little bit insecure because it's a, a new country for sure.、Mm-hmm. And then I was putting these struggles into the music. So on one hand, it sounds really dark and really crazy,、mm-hmm. but it has a lot of like Chinese little Chinese, I would say, motifs. So motifs are basically short little、uh, melodies or little. Yeah, you can just say little melodies,、mm-hmm. but segments, melody segments of like from some Chinese, especially folk music, and just all over the place. But they are like in a really dark context and really in a, in a really struggling kind of sense. And I, I I wrote it. I didn't expect it could be exp- performed because it, it was quite hard, and I I was really. Just like experimenting around, but actually, our composing professor was、uh, having trying to have a <clears throat> composer's、uh, concert to perform their pieces、mm-hmm. they wrote, and then I was like, okay, I will try to let this perform. Then I asked my really good friend, the flute player Laz Lazarus, he plays flute really well, and also pianist、uh, Joey to do this. And there was also a little thing which is like. Because people were too busy, especially、mm-hmm. Joey. He he was busy with a ton of concerts, like during that period, and then he like really didn't have time to practice、uh, the both movements because the the piece I wrote has two movements,、mm-hmm. basically like two songs if you understand that way. So it's like a a symphony can have four usually have four movements, which is like sounds like more more songs. And what I wrote is like、uh, has two songs con-、mm-hmm. consist together, and then I just let him do the first movement. I've actually found another pianist doing the second movement, which is quite funny. Who is、uh, David? And yeah, he's a viola player as well, but he plays piano really good. So I, I found him to play the second movement,、mm. and it came really well. Although it's kind of weird that Laz. With his flute was standing there, and then the piano player just changed in the middle.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but it it really was、uh, like one of the first time I have having my like something really deep and experimentative things、uh, performed. That was that was the first time, and I haven't got that happen before because I. When I was in music school, I was in vocal performance major. I was not in composing major, so I didn't have a chance to have this kind of thing happen. But I didn't. I okay. I was so impressed that this thing could happen here, and and it's、uh, it's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, one of the things、uh, that came to my mind was like you, like one day when I was、uh, walking past like Heyman, I used、mm-hmm. to hear like you know you just、uh, practicing a、uh, walk like I mean you having like vocal training like the opera or something like、uh, something yeah yeah I just <laughs> I was surprised and it was yeah just so talented and、uh, yeah like I like、uh, when I when I hear your like voice and stuff. I wonder, like you know, how how you do all these like high notes and yeah, like how you grapple those and it just very yeah, talented and yeah. Yeah,、uh, yeah. Do you sing like when you like have、uh, you know 
maybe just on a chill or do you have the, one of those moments you have this urge to kind of just sing it out i i do sometimes uh-huh. and uh it's it's kind of a way for me to release stress and but recently i think i want to be more uh kind of thoughtful person on like especially more theory and composing and that is kind of challenging because uh, i i have problem like remembering lyrics i cannot look at it and sing at the same time so i need a longer time to know a song and that's partially why i'm now like not doing singing or vocal as my first like preference on mm-hmm. music uh yeah however recently i i was checking out a, a song like you know that uh wonka and chocolate factory <laughs> it's american seven, the- 70s uh movie Oh, animate uh, Willy Wonka is so like that. Yeah, Willy Wonka. Okay, yeah. yeah, and there's the pure imagination. Uh-huh. I love that kind of really like seductive, like really uh, attracting, attractive, but like really fantasy and also very scoopy at the same time. That kind of thing because uh, pure imagination is the song. Like I think is like when the kids were entering the chocolate factory and when Wonka was introducing them into it and he was like come with me mm-hmm. uh, yeah Actually, it's like <laughs> yeah I think and you'll be in a pure of new <laughs> pure imaginations alright it's like really trying to get them to come on and this is a beautiful world but in the background it's like it's like really scoopy chords on the background and which like infers the later things happening which is like this is a factory that reflects our willing and our our thoughts and uh, if we have like bad thoughts like it's going to magnify them as, as well so it's <laughs> it's it's like a reflection of our rela- mm-hmm. reality of like our 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 desires that's desires, yeah. our desires yeah hmm. yeah uh, I mean, since you were trying to like uh, sing a part of it, I think we should also like uh, give our listeners a chance to like listen to your one of your samples, right? So, do you have any? What's one of the samples like you think uh, our listeners would like to listen? Yes. Okay, then uh, we will play a sample. Yes. Uh, yeah.
Okay, we listen to that uh, piece of music and since uh, music is one of those things uh, that brings cultures together, I think uh, we got to talk about, you know, Chinese culture and uh, what interesting things are there. Yeah, I think I mean it's not my department, so I'm going <laughs> to hand it to uh, Sushanik and Sushanik might take it away from here. Hi yeah. Sushanik. Hi. <laughs> um so okay, as Someone from Armenia, first of all, I'm not very familiar with Asian culture overall, so excuse me for anything that may sound like not very sensitive, but I'll do my best to be like politically and everything correct. Um, so don't worry. <laughs> Chinese culture is basically one of the leading cultures in that region, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um it's kind of very influent inf- I would say like effective and influensive uh around the area that that's true. Um do you think Chinese culture um kind of puts in shadow all the other cultures that are there in the region? Like mm-hmm. um I mean, yeah, it's it's a it's a big country. It's a, a very influential mm-hmm. culture, but like um does it just like I mean, are there like any other cultures that you think are fading away, like when there is such a big influential um, kind of culture? Okay, so China is a huge and it's a consist of like a lot of different cultures, and uh, there there are a lot of things that are actually fading out. And it's talking about this is actually fa- really funny. Um, <clears throat> it's like around. Tang Dynasty, and I, I used to be a Buddhist before, and there's some, uh, like, you know how Buddhism was started around in India, mm-hmm. and, like, uh, Nepal around that area, and then into Tibet of China, and then to, like, Middle and Eastern China, and then <clears throat> it, they were all the way brought into Japan. So <clears throat> there are all different versions of Buddhism, and this like one of the biggest characteristic of like Asian cultures. And each kind of culture, it's kind of have tons of different versions, and it's like mm-hmm. blending everywhere mm-hmm. and uh, um, becoming new, new uh, divisions and new uh, variations of those. And a lot of those Chinese cultures in the past, they went to Chi- they went to Japan and Korea, and some of them were actually kept. Uh, better now and then some of them like were maybe loosed uh, in mainland China um, and similar stuff happens like maybe there are some other country stuff like were kept in China um, but it kind of faded out in other countries yeah it's very interesting I see mm-hmm. um, okay so um, what what is your what is your favorite like cultural practice or like ceremony that you guys have in China that you would like to tell our you know audience okay this is a very interesting thing uh I just remember this past summer vacation I went back home and you know I went back home around uh, around uh, the beginning of June and that was around the Chinese um Dragon Boat Festival was happening, mm-hmm. and this is a very big event. It's a uh, one of the most traditional festivals, and people eat uh, usually eat a, a kind of specific kind of uh, food that is like 
a, a, a type of plant is like a, with huge leaves and then you have uh, the sticky rice inside and the sticky rice in the, inside the sticky rice there is also different kind of um, stuff in it and mm -hmm. some versions are there are salty versions which are meat mm -hmm. and there are also sweet versions which are uh, it, it could be date or some other uh, sweet beans or things like that mm. and uh, sounds yummy yeah it's yummy and then there are of course the biggest part is the dragon bowling and that's uh, really something really interesting and uh, I used to do dragon boating in, back in UWC in my uh, high school again and then the, the boat is basically a, a long and long narrow boat with two rows of people and in the mm -hmm. front there's a dragon head and carved at the top of the <laughs> the, the cool. head yeah and then like there's a drummer sitting in the front and the drummer will give a rhythm and the people will uh, row like following I, the drummer I might have seen it like yeah so why end, would yeah. why why did people do that like what's the meaning of the festival the meaning of the festival actually I I haven't looked into that a lot but that's that's a lot of a lot of things are like that I, I don't know the meaning but it's like a cultural practice mm -hmm. I think it's like it partially it's just a sport I mean it's a, okay. a sport and people to entertain and uh, but in the past it it does have some traditions that only men kind of row that kind of thing and there's also another uh, another kind of boat I forgot the English name like for women but nowadays people are talking about this mm -hmm. and then people are trying to make it more gender like uh, inclusive okay yes yes and then so that in the past it might also have some sort of things to show like masculinity mm -hmm. and it, it is true and it's a uh, dragon boating is very masculine kind traditionally and but it's it's a very big kind of sport that a lot of people do participate in. and I went back home it's funny I went back home and I I was living I was traveling in uh, Guangdong province and that was the province I was born and also a lot of my relatives are mm -hmm. and then I live in one of my aunt's family and uh, my aunt's husband was not at home because he just went to his uh, his hometown like home town like village mm -hmm. to do the dragon boating because a lot of places they call like the men especially like come on there's dragon racing uh dragon boating racing and come back and help us and it's like very mm -hmm. participative kind mm -hmm. of sport and then i also went to the the there's a park where there are some exhibitions of like uh, Guangdong Opera. Mm -hmm. uh, I went there with another blind friend. We were both blind. Like we couldn't, because it was not a very accessible museum, we didn't see anything. But when we were walking around, we heard like a sound like, dun, dun, dun. we were like, what was that? <laughs> and then we, we came out and then we finally realized like it was a dragon boating racing on the lake because the park is basically on the lake bank. And then I w we were just on the on the riverbank and I recorded some sound of of that dragon bowling kind of event. It's really cool and it's 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 really fun um, to see them. And yeah, they are very loud and gives you a lot of like motivations. I think 
mm-hmm. I think this is the festival of like motivating people to my to my understanding also getting health and motivations uh, because you know it's around uh, lunar calendar May which is around like June time uh, in okay. solar solar calendar yeah speaking of calendars what year is it in China now what year is in China now well the year is this uh, is the same for no. Sure now. Do, do you guys not use the different calendar like Chinese calendar which is like a light lino lunar or something okay there is a system that is a uh, the Chinese traditional system which is it has some cycles of years uh, but we don't have a number from since one point I need to check the I think I yeah you're right. I'm phone. actually reading okay. about it now it's yeah, not I need like to check you have my a, phone. A dedicated year. We yeah. have like an animal, spirit animal. That's like. But, so it's the year of tiger now. Uh, so like, yeah, there are a lot of different systems. The system is very complex, and well, this year is a is a year of rabbit. It's a year of rabbit, and then so there are a lot of different systems like uh, synchronizing with each other, which is really funny. And there's also a Chinese kind of lunar calendar. Kind of, it's based on the sun, and it's more for. Uh, for for farming, we call it jie qi. So it's it's like um, the it's very very and like uh, how say it? astronomic, mm-hmm. and it's based on like dividing the year into four parts, and then the um, let me search how to how to call that uh, like the equinox. And uh, you know equinox, like the spring equinox, equinox and fall like the equinox, and yeah. Oh yeah, I mean I I know the term, but yeah. maybe it's a different context. But yeah, and solstice, yeah, yeah. Okay. So equinox and solstice, and it's this system is based on that, and also it divide it has subdivisions such as between the summer equinox and the and the summer solstice and the the fall. Solstice. Yes. They're also like divided in, I think, three different parts. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, if I remember correctly, yeah, it's uh, so it's uh, yeah, basically around like twenty-four days. Uh, like it's kind of like astrology. Astrology. Yeah, 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 yeah. So divide the year into little little subdivisions mm-hmm. based on the sun. So that's the for the, for the farmers, and then but the the. Lunar calendar is like festivals are based on those. Um, nowadays, we yeah use it for festivals like spring festivals, and those ones, um, yeah. There there is the year of animals, which uh, the how do you call that? Damn, I'm so tempted to go read about like Chinese zodiac signs. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. Like I yeah, the zodiacs. the zodiacs. I know you into. You're like talking about the zodiacs, right? Yeah. Yeah, the zodiacs. Yeah, we we have the yeah. So there are twelve different animals um, of the zodiac. Is the same in the normal zodiac thing? No. No. A little bit different. But, uh, uh, explain it, Mike. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by the normal zodiac. Uh, okay. <laughs> because I think cut down this part where I sound like Ooh. I'm so uneducated. No, no, no. Like, I think like the term that I said about like Lino, whatever. <laughs> No, wait. Uh, <laughs> it's I. I mean, I think what I know at least is like it's just yeah. um, 
just uh, normal. It just divides on different months, not just months. Like there's these di- different mm-hmm. periods in a year. Uh, yeah. In re- in regular zodiac, uh, calling it regular would be l- very weird. It's Western, okay. Mm-hmm. I would say like the Western zodiac. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Uh, but in Chinese, uh, mm-hmm. they have like an like an animal like for the each year, and they but they, it's a different system as well. But explain it, Mike. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, there are different animals, and uh, between twelve years per cycle, and then the one we listed the animals. <laughs> yeah, for example, no, I'm just kind of about December. Well, it's mm. interesting. The normal animals, like they're they're like uh, mouse, uh, ox, uh, tigers, rabbits, and then there are also dragons. So dragon is like after. Uh, after rabbit, so next year will be dragon, and I was born in the year of dragon. Same, oh so, my god! So we born next in two thousand. Yes. Yes, so I we, am. We call that. Um, let me see. So there's a term for it. Is like when is the year of your birth? Uh, like uh, in Chinese, we call it like Bemingyan. <laughs> animal year? I don't know. I tried Google Translate. It's, because it's called animal year. I'm looking at mm-hmm. like the zodiac, like a horoscope thingy right now mm-hmm. and like so this year is rabbit year and like so <laughs> 20, 2011 was also rabbit yeah so apparently it's like a cycle and it keeps going yeah every 12 years yeah. at least with the year years. it repeats mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so like it repeats yeah so I was born we were both born in yeah. dragon we were dragon babies <laughs> dragon is cool yes and it's, it's funny like I love that evil stuff it's funny there's a tradition <laughs> like in your animal year you wear like red underwears or red socks. Only like, red. Yeah, red underwears and red socks. Oh my god! I need to go like shopping on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. It's yeah, red underwear. I don't know where it come from, but it's like from my parents, uh, and a lot of people do like practice this kind of thing. It's like it brings you good luck, mm-hmm. something like that. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, every every culture kind of has these things that you have to do to, like, you know, be lucky not to catch a bad eye and some stuff like that. So, it's probably the biggest um, part of Chinese culture, like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I I also was curious about mm. um, social media ban <laughs> uh, in China, which is uh-huh. like kind of unrelated to what we're talking. But uh-huh. I think, um, yeah, how long has it been going, and what do you think are the intentions behind, and what mm-hmm. are the results of this? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just very curious to know your opinion as like mm-hmm. a young person from China. Okay. Um, see how your life is influenced by social media ban. I know yeah. that it's like possible to get it via um, like VPN, but mm-hmm. um, just like you know, overall, um, as someone who's coming from, um, mm-hmm. I would say more or less a democratic country that has access mm-hmm. to any website. Mm-hmm. Like literally any website, I don't think there is anything that's mm-hmm. blocked by my government. Oh, okay, yeah. I just wanna know how does it feel. Okay, it's funny. Uh, it's funny because okay, on on CFI, do you know that actually sometimes actually I met I I experienced this a lot. Uh, like 
quite quite several times. There are some the, the school actually banned some websites. Yeah. Because of the just the carrier, the carrier yeah. uh, or the internet provider of our campus, kind mm-hmm. of, they actually ban them for like uh, cybersecurity uh, sake. Although sometimes mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I think they are just like not. GPT. Uh, they didn't ban ChatGPT, but they but banned they mm-hmm. they used to ban uh, DDNS.net. Oh. It's a it's a dynamic D, uh, DNS like it's a very so, professional okay. thing. So yeah. he knows because he works in IT. Like <laughs> explain. Uh, I think it happens mostly because uh, sometimes people go to certain website that potentially could have like a lot of uh, yes. phishing emails, not emails, links in it. And people click on them and uh, like the ones you click on, like the pop-up ads kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Even even in like uh, the websites that have like a free uh, mo- like movie streaming kind of stuff, mm-hmm. people click on them. And and some of the websites, uh, for example, Yik Yak, mm-hmm. uh, not website, applications, College don't like some appli- like college administration uh, or like I mean if you were told to like you know uh, we don't want our student body to like be interacting with the certain stuff mm-hmm. we would uh, kind of uh, put a restrict restriction on them but yeah. yeah it depends on like the school context but but yeah. I think there's an algorithm in it, and the algorithm is not not smart, and it sometimes just banned uh, something that doesn't like is not suspicious at all, and uh, and it's understandable, yeah. And I think Chinese government, in certain degrees, cybersecurity could be one of the consideration. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing is, uh, of course, the Communist Party kind of thing. It's because it's very different, and it's a. Uh, this kind of political view and political structure is different from most countries. A lot of countries don't like that. Mm-hmm. And they are actually trying very hard to destroy this. And Chinese government was trying to trying to make this system like more stable and wanted to make it more stable. Uh, and then so that they want they don't want people to get like brainwashed or like detectives. Uh, they don't want them to become become detectives. And then especially in the past, when Chinese uh, government and Chinese companies were not good at like cyber security kind of thing. Um, yeah, and also another thing is I think it also, they were trying to protect the Chinese local uh, mm-hmm. uh, technology companies and trying to, you know, mar- the market is there. And then if people are all using Facebook, like WeChat wouldn't mm-hmm. grow that huge. Like WeChat and Things like Alipay is becoming the biggest thing in the world now, and, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be like that. It's like if you go to China, like you don't need to bring money at all. Like you just you you just have to download Alipay mm-hmm. and get your bank card linked to it, and then everywhere there's QR code everywhere. Literally every everything that you can pay, <laughs> there will be Alipay QR code there. You just scan it and pay yeah. it. And yeah, I back home. I never bring like anything like money or bank cards. It's it's That's like that. Cool. It's interesting. Yeah. So, do you think like Chinese youth lives in a bubble, like in their own reality? <laughs> that yeah. that is actually a, a a very realistic issue because there are because there is this kind of uh, protection, and there are some people they are like. 
they have VPN and they are like they are like they think they know a lot of different things.、Mm-hmm. So they are like arguing arguing really hard over like the other kind of young people、mm-hmm. who are like extremely extremely I would say red、mm-hmm. or they are like、uh, conservative or like with the government. And then these two people are actually both really gross, and the problem is like they are not both not really thinking and doing critical thinking and really think about what's really happening, and they are arguing based on their imaginations, and it, it brings these kind of divisions really, really, really big and make a lot of young people kind of becoming irrational, and then. I think this is actually an issue in China. Like they tend to fight and argue with each other a lot, and it creates more like social kind of cracks and makes the online environment not very good.、Mm-hmm. And you know, China is so advanced in technology, and people, especially, yeah. yeah, it's not just city. Actually, in rural areas, every everywhere has really good internet access. Like 4G LTE is everywhere, and 5G is pretty much all cities now.、Mm-hmm. And and people like talk online and get information online a lot, and then these two kind of people or two group of people, they are sometimes arguing each other so bad and making things really not very. It's, it's not a kind environment for people to browse online,、mm-hmm. and sometimes it creates、uh, just weird, strange、uh, argues, and then. It's it's actually it's the nature of the internet, and then、um, I don't think it's like solar or primarily related to media ban. I think media ban maybe accelerates this a little bit, but I think mostly it's the what you say information bubble because if you go online a lot, especially nowadays, a lot of apps,、uh, and、uh, we talk about cycles and and. And algorithms of、uh, recommendation algorithms. It's like if you're browsing through one certain type of video, they're going to、uh, feed you more video like that. And basically, what happens is you're、uh, basically trapped in a information how to say it? isolation like, room, something、uh-huh, like that. Yeah. Yes, and.、Uh, So here comes the you know the digital gap. <laughs> we can say that digital gap gap. It, it, of course, it means the access. Access, to, right? But it can also mean I, what I think is it can also mean like like your digital world is different from my digital、okay. world. Yeah, I think yeah. that's like one of the definitions like people、yeah. kind of tend to not know properly. Yeah, it could be like that too. And the algorithm like reinforces your ideas, and it, it can become more and more radical. And my idea can become more and more radical on my side. And I think this is a、uh, one problem that's like the abuse of、uh, digital use and, and social media use in China. I know it's a worldwide a lot of, but in China this thing is, I to my ideas it's even more severe just because it's China's actually so advanced in technology now and like the application of social media internet also it's even more. To an extent, it's like high extent of U.S. Like more people are using it and put their life in it.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,、uh, 
I think I mean I didn't expect to go uh, that much <laughs> into politics, but I think mm-hmm. I mean it's it's Shishanika topic and mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, um, I think mm-hmm. that sums it up. I mean, if you check the let me check the time right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's considerable amount. And uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for um, you know joining us with our episode today, Mike. Right. Uh, it was a lot of interesting stuff. We started from music and we went into Chinese culture and a little bit into politics. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, I think usually how we end an episode with uh, kind of the like maybe a greeting like how do how do you how do you say goodbye like or i don't know what yeah. do you do you want to say it in chinese or like yes uh say goodbye you can say zaijian it's a more formal way of zaijian if informal way you can just like you can say bye bye <laughs> yeah okay i mean okay in china bye bye works <laughs> everybody use it and uh yeah and zaijian is the formal okay let's way. let's say it together Do you want to give it to try Sushani? Zaijian okay. yeah. basically means uh, next see you next time. Like see you again. Zaijian. 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 Yeah, Okay. 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 Let's, let's say it together. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, two one. Zaijian. Everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah, take care. Uh, we'll uh, see you in the next one then. Yep. Okay.